welcome to the Firefly Creatrix podcast. For this first series, I'm going to be exploring creativity from different aspects, using a different theme and topic to talk around each episode. Um, So you'll just hear my voice for this series, but let's see what comes next. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And looking forward to hearing any feedback and starting more nourishing conversations. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Firefly Creatrix podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the relationship as I've experienced it between creativity and story. And these two words are, you know, it sounds like a bit of a funny title because stories are creative. So they're synonymous, right? Like creative stories are creative and creativity comes from story. I mean, yeah, something like that. (laughs) And yes, definitely. Um, But it feels very important for me to include this episode because story has been such a big part of me getting to understand myself and therefore really understanding my creativity and my and what's brought me to creativity my creative path my creative approach as well all connected to story and as with most episodes what I'm gonna say is that for a long time these two things were pretty separate for me um this concept of story was recreational you know it was something that was something that I I did you know I interacted I've interacted with stories my whole life for fun for enjoyment for nourishment for learning without really realizing that I'm learning and that's something that I just adore now I adore how I've broken down this misconception in my opinion that stories are sort of nonsensical because I had this notion probably some conditioning (laughs) definitely some conditioning that factual that fact-based evidence was more educational and academic and nourishing in a way it you know had this real kind of sense of this is where I should be focusing my attention. And yeah, I found it so hard. I found it so hard to connect with things that were very fact-based and very, I guess, dry. Um, I was always drawn to the stories. I was always drawn to like people's feelings and how people interacted with each other, people's clashes, where conflict arose and where, where it was, you know, dissolved, how it was dissolved. And for a long time that was a sort of small internal shame point for me you know saying to myself that I should quote unquote should be more involved and should spend more of my precious time my one world and precious life reading and interacting with non-fiction and yet now how I see nonfiction is that it's still a story. (laughs) Because again, we were told this whole thing that, you know, these books that are factual are gospel. And then the more that I have broken it down, the more that I've worked with different people, 
and been in different sort of learning spaces, different approaches to learning to understand that even a factual book, um, yeah, there may be a few things that almost everyone agrees on that, that that, you know, a set of information is fact at this point in time around the world. However, it's still a perception, it's still a perspective, it's still in a way of its time, of this moment. And yet, and so um, it's it brings this kind of sense of liberty because even, yeah, even these kind of factual documents have to be, you know, I think of bi- biographies, right? And again, it's not something that I'm typically drawn to read, and yeah, I appreciate that a memoir, for example, is a very different experience for me. I love reading memoirs, but a biography to me has a different energy. And yeah, it's still someone's story. It's still and often people will will work with a writer to share their biography because it's so the way that we tell the story is so integral to whether it's engaging and whether it reaches the audience that is is intended to be reached so even to break that down to see that all the the, these factual books have to be approached in such a way that is engaging and that they could have been written by a different person and, and have a completely different energy to them shows me and invites me to play with the idea that it's actually all a story. <laughs> it's different kinds of stories, yes, but it's still a story. So now, again, me myself where I am, recognising that a lot of Indigenous culture teaches through story and always has done, and that stories get passed down generation to generation, and it's the it, it it you know historically was the pre- predominant um, affluent more yeah prominent within society that that their stories were the ones that that stuck that have stuck and yet there's still this undertone there's still the stories underneath the, the lesser known the the matriarchal stories is kind of what wants to be said is you know the the these stories that empowered women aren't so prevalent right now they're coming they are I mean they're definitely already arriving um in in ways that are more accessible and they you know they're 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 stories they are stories of archetypes of characteristics of female-bodied people and how they have thrived in the world and things that connect them with their deep nature and ways that we as societies and as cultures can work together to you know be inclusive of everybody's experience of life and you know that wildness <laughs> that wild feminine the deep feminine the, the 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 divine feminine that is very obvious obviously like an obvious kind of theme through 
you know, cyclical wisdom through the goddesses that I've drawn, the nithyas, but also in like, in, in many different cultures, I'm more familiar with the South Asian cultures, Hindu traditions. Um, so within the, the Dasha Mahavidyas, the, the ten, wisdom mo- t- 10 wisdom mothers, again, there's this, these teachings of all these different en- energy types within the, the female, the feminine. And yeah, interestingly, you know, stories are one of the ways that control have happened has happened by removing certain stories, by commandeering certain stories, by taking over um, and rewriting sort of the narrative behind certain stories. Um, so yeah, I find it fascinating. Partly listening to podcasts has been a big thing for me to to kind of listen to different writers and different people that I really I I so admire how they are able to communicate in the world and to understand that they've had this same you know this same kind of journey to understand and decolonize that shamed part of them that loved stories that loved fiction and saw the power in the fiction, power in fiction, and the power in hearing a character, and how they delved into, you know, the deeper parts of 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 their how they overcame things, how they navigated really really hard things in life, and survived, <laughs> essentially, um, and just normalizing again all of the parts of the cycle rather than it being this disney princess you'll be saved by some external force and then life will all be happily ever after because that's not the end of the story (laughs) that's like a tiny molecule of the story but to bring that kind of realness in and so how does this all connect with creativity well I mean, how to put it into words? I think it is it is just sort of what I've just said in a way is that how stories and how this um, accepting of my love of stories has helped me to understand the full spectrum of life is the same way, is, is synonymous and um, connected to the way that I have been in relationship with my creative process and creativity as a whole, where when I began my kind of professional creative journey, and again, I can learn a lot from looking at my childhood creative journey and how I wasn't ever focused on the outcome as a child. It was an intuitive impulsive decision as to what I would create and I often didn't have um I didn't I didn't even expect to keep the finished thing it was more about the process of creating it that was so joyful and so full of learning and and opportunities to kind of delve into again that that word that delving into like the different facets of life Um, compared to when I embarked on a more professional creative career in a more professional setting 
there was this instantly, well, again, I say instantly, but obviously that, that came from through education and through different systems that I had been involved in, but it became a very much about just trying to find, just constantly searching for the highs, the positives, being terrified of the lows, being terrified of the rejection, the, you know, having a piece of work on the table that wasn't accepted, that wasn't celebrated, felt like I'd betrayed myself or I'd failed myself because it was a representation of me that I was putting on the table. Whereas, you know, my childhood self who wasn't doing it for any kind of recognition or any kind of connection, sometimes I was. (laughs) I catch myself. Sometimes I definitely was. Sometimes I wanted the adults in my life to recognise what I was doing and give me praise. Um, And... So yeah, I guess that kind of was playing its way out in the in the professional setting because to have a piece of work not be appreciated was soul destroying. And so I guess what the relationship to story has done is is yeah, is to bring in the full spectrum of the creative process. That doesn't mean it's been comfortable and it still isn't. There are still moments where I would love to just create or go back into that bubble that I'd created, which wasn't real and definitely wasn't sustainable and wasn't healthy. But I would love for a moment of that just to kind of sit in that mindset of I can work really hard and as long as I work really hard and I listen and I focus and I'm aware of everything that's going on around me and I kind of absorb all of the incredible creative wisdom that's in this room you know I used to work on this quite it was an old school building a big floor with lots of people and everyone had this just bubbling over with creative wisdom and so I wanted to like sit there and just soak it all in and know that eventually it would sort of soak into me like a sponge and that anything that I put out that came out of me would be perfect (laughs) the perfectionist is back welcome perfectionist she's here she's alive and well um yeah so my lovely perfectionist would be so excited at the prospect of being able to yeah work in this environment where I would no never ever make a mistake again I would never ever create something that wasn't um, going to change the world (laughs) and that was again emphasized by being in this professional environment where things like awards were very celebrated and coveted and everyone was encouraged to aim to create groundbreaking work that was going to going to kind of catch the attention of different award bodies um which you know is a great incentive and a great kind of um potentially a team building and you know community building and yet for me it manifested itself as pressure and eventually not not straight away but eventually it manifested itself as pressure and this 
inability to consistently achieve in that way and so I felt like a failure because I didn't feel safe to celebrate that full spectrum of my creative self I didn't feel safe to acknowledge that my work wasn't as good one day you know (laughs) or if I was in a meeting and other people put down work on the table that I was like wow I wish I'd done that and I wish I'd had that idea and you know I would hide that down would push that away and pretend it had never happened and hope that the next time that would be me I'd be in that position and that I'd be the one showing work that people were like almost jealous of I suppose would be the right word and I don't know if that happened because the communication lines weren't open that it wasn't it you know it was partly the time it this you know partly the the social construct that we were in it wasn't um a time when we were I I you know I wasn't honest so I didn't invite that honesty into my to be reflected back to me so all I did was internalize this story (laughs) but not a not in a healthy way story I would internalize this story that I just needed to work harder and longer and um that then everything would be okay which you know we know we know is a narrative that fits into many 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 different facets of life that if we do xyz then eventually everything will be perfect and blank 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 fill in the dots and you'll be free and you'll never have to work again and you'll be happy and you know we'll never have the full spectrum of human emotion which we all know is not true and yet it's still what we're being sold and yeah we would like it (laughs) it's the part of the human condition we're we're kind of on a journey to attain something so yes coming back to story I suppose Another thing that I'd love to say is that this kind of acknowledgement and embodiment and owning of my own journey with story and seeing that every story that I've ever loved and really, you know, connected with the characters on such a deep level and cried and laughed and just, you know, physically reacted in my body when things have happened has not been a story that's just joy, 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 happy, happy, happy. It has been all of the nuances of life reflected and celebrated and, you know, really heard. And and that in turn has given me permission to be fully human in that moment while I'm reading it I feel seen I feel heard I feel represented I feel like I can see myself read myself on the page and so understanding that how that is reflected within my creative process and that 
all of the creative process is necessary and all of the failure, all of the presentations that haven't worked, all of the, you know, times that I've shown something that I actually probably, maybe I didn't even like it or, you know, things like that. That's all part of it. It's part of the rich tapestry. And so how that's affected and inspired my approach now is this joy (laughs) joy and um maybe enjoyment is the better word enjoyment of celebrating the full spectrum of of my clients experiences so again I feel like because of the separation that I experienced um in my early career so I didn't have to interact with clients very often especially not as a, as a sort of a very junior designer you're called when you first start. You're a junior designer and the, your main job is to design and you don't necessarily have any contact with clients. So you receive a brief that's come from from the client but through, through lots of other sort of systems first before it gets to you. And even this I was thinking about ironically, the brief is like, in a way it's a story. It's telling you a story about a, about a particular business that you're about to start working with, what they want, who they are, how long you've got, what they want, you know, what the outcome should be, how many um, ideas ideally we are creating. So you get this story from, but it's been through a kind of machine, let's say, to be processed before it reaches you. And so I didn't see my clients, I didn't see my people that I was effectively representing visually like I was creating their visual you know the visual magic that they were going to take out into the world and yet I hadn't met them I hadn't felt their energy I hadn't really heard I'd heard again those sort of base level facts about the business about what they were trying to achieve and I think now working directly with people the joy that I have is that I get to hear their full story. I get to hear, and and I want to hear, I want to hear the full spectrum. I don't want to just hear about the success. Of course I want to hear the success. I want to celebrate with people how amazing their journey has been, what they've learned, how they've grown. And I am happy if it feels safe to do so, to, to hear about, the failures, the things that have gone wrong, the things that people were so sure was going to pay off and it just didn't work for whatever reason. Because that is such a learning curve and such rich, you know, rich material to grow from. And it also gives us a deeper kind of picture of where the business has been, why it is so important, you know, if some if something's been, if, if there's been struggle involved and someone has still chosen to continue to forge forward because they're so passionate, they've got such a deep vision and they know that this is going to work, they've just got to find a different avenue. That to me speaks volumes about, you know, the energy that's behind this mission, this vision, this business, this project, this creation in the world. Um, and it helped, yeah, it just helps me to have this 
full story because most of the logos that I create, if we talk just about logos, I don't just do logos, you know, I do many different things, but I find that logos are where people, you know, they're a starting point, they're a, they're a jumping off point into the world of seeing how design and visual magic can really elevate what they're doing and help with their communication, helps them feel seen, helps them feel that their story, and again, it is their full story, is being represented. And it gives this sense of pride, this real sense of even deeper permission to shine. And I would say that that permission to shine does come from the process that we go on together with me, but it also comes from within because they've made an investment into having a visual representation that deeply captures what they do that investment is a message to themselves that they are worth it that this is worth investing in this is worth all the effort all of the journey all of the story so far and this is like a almost a way marker I think I've said this before but it's a way marker in the journey to be like this was when I invested um, and then something else will happen and they might, you know, come back to me for illustrations or a film that ca- starts to capture more of the journey that they've been on. And again, these are all way markers as to, you know, that deep belief in themselves. So, yeah, a lot of the logos that I create are are visual stories and they have little kind of elements within them that the the you know the client that I work with is so aware so they can see themselves and they might choose to tell more of that story using words within their communication on their website or they might pick out that little element it might be you know a little eye or a, a little tiny detail it might be a, it might be completely abstract and a pattern but that pattern has come from somewhere has has a reason for being there it's not just decorative um there's always it's there's always a deeper meaning so yeah I I just feel like the logos and all of the things that I create actually the wider world the illustrations like I wouldn't just draw an illustration for illustration's sake I I feel like there has to be the brief you know the briefs that briefs that I was just talking about the briefs that I used to get as a as a junior designer and as a uh, I worked my way up to senior senior designer within the team and the briefs we used to get were our version of a story and again coming back to my dislike of non-fiction books I found them very dry I wanted to ask more questions I wanted to sit down Maybe I would have been too scared at the time, actually, to be honest. I probably wouldn't have had the self-confidence to to sit down with a client. I would have found them too, um, I might have found them too intimidating, even though they were just humans and, you know, absolutely normal humans. But at the time I had this story in my head that um, they were too important and I was not. Um, but yeah, I, want, I wanted more. I wanted more juice. I wanted more information. Um, I wanted to know you know, what they felt, it's more about feeling what they felt about things. And I wouldn't have had some of the language that I do now, I wouldn't have had this 
language around sort of energetic or and embodied responses what do they want people to feel and so yeah now what I'm doing when I'm when I'm having these conversations with people is the brief it's like uh, there's it, it nothing quite as formal as when, when I work when you work with me <laughs> there's nothing quite as formal as the briefs that I used to get um in the corporate world but there is a briefing section where we we're the conversations that we have are creating the brief they're creating this this understanding between the two the two of us it might be two it might be more people involved of the journey so far and what we're really trying to capture but it's much more holistic than just you know facts and figures um and I'd love I love to hear those too and for me there's always a story a more kind of human story behind a fact or a figure oh how to close this episode I feel that it's just to say and that this whole winding conversation is a clarification to me that every part of our human existence, every part of this unique individual life path that we are all on, that I am on, you are on yours, I am on mine, is valuable. Um, There have been, you know, so many challenges in life that have at the time seemed like failures. Um, And I recommend the How to Fail podcast if you want to kind of delve deep into how failures are definitely in the long term, in the big picture, not failures at all. Although at the time, in the moment, they can feel very painful. But yeah, how failures are huge growth opportunities and learning curves and they also give us give me this like rich information about myself as a human and how I thrive and find you know clarity and also it allows it it has allowed me all the challenge and all of the joy (laughs) all of the kind of wide human again I'm gonna say again the, the the wideness the wildness of human experience has um equipped me with this ability to to hear other people's stories as well to know that the things that have happened don't make us good or bad people they guide us they guide us to to be truer versions of ourselves and so that's why I love hearing people's stories as part of the creation process because the creation process is this, again, this full cyclical, you know, spiral of creation, preservation, development, and then eventually a letting go, whether that's to let it go out into the world or to let it not be, you know, not to accept accept and celebrate that it's not been successful and that there needs to be a different way, that there is a different way, that there always will be a, a different way. So celebrating that we get to own our stories uh, we get to own who we are and that through visual magic through the design through the logos the illustrations the podcast covers the instagram grids 
the films and animations and illustrations, I may have said illustrations already, I'm not sure, that I create, we get to see that, we get to celebrate that, we get to represent that and have it be visible in the world. Um, so yeah, the twists and turns of our stories are all very welcome. Thank you for listening today. Please do follow the Firefly Creatrix on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube for more inspiring content.